Um, so today we're sitting here with Bruce Ross from M3 Africa. I'm Scott Tennyson from the Vimca. Um, and we're going to be chatting about how project management works, construction management, contract management, development management. So it's it's all interlinked and I, I don't think a lot of people understand the differences between the two. So we're going to be expanding on that and then obviously just chatting about M3, um, what the guys are doing, what's different in the industry and, and, and where, where they're going to go to next um, in terms of the future. So maybe just to kick off, Bruce, just some history about yourself, where you're from, how M3 started and, and all that. Thanks, Kalk. Appreciate that introduction. So um, I'm a project manager. I've got probably 25 years experience now. As I get as I get older and grayer, the years the years sort of rack up. I actually started off studying quantity surveying at, at the University of KwaZulu Natal. And when I graduated back in 1999, I went over to the UK and spent 10 years working in the UK for a firm of of quantity surveyors and and project managers. And and quite quickly sort of realized that project management was probably a better space for me to operate in than, than quantity surveying. I just seemed to have a sort of interpersonal skills and you know those time management skills and people management skills that, that sort of fit with project management. So so yeah we got involved we got involved in that. I was fortunate enough to be involved in some incredible projects in, in the UK. I mean at the end of my time there we were building a new broadcast center for for Sky Sports. So this was in 2007. And that was a 230 million pound new build. So you should get your head around the sort of scale of that building. It's incredible. And if you're ever watching football, UK football, the studios that all those presenters are in, those are the studios that we we built back in, in 2007 or finished in 2007. And I say we, because it was actually Daryl McEwen and myself who are now both partners in M3 Africa. So we sort of brought a lot of that that international experience that we we gained over there, quite often working together, although in different practices and in Daryl was with the clients at some stages. And yeah, we found ourselves business partners today in a, in a niche project management business. We're not massive, but we have an incredible amount of experience both in South Africa and, and abroad. And I think that just that just sets us apart. Yeah, the, the key thing there is where you talk about niche is to be able to give the client the service they need because um, being a big so you can have a big architecture firm, you can have a big engineering firm because there's, there's not on the ground and in-depth client management constantly. But where you are, it's a project management firm, you actually need to be on the ground. You actually need to be running and doing it. So if you've got a big firm, you lose control of that because you've got so many different people running in different directions and not actually getting the client the right service. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the reason we've stayed the size that we have is the three directors in the business are, are project managers. So, you know, we're not, we're not business managers. Um, we, we take care of our clients. We're actively managing projects for our clients. We haven't just hired a raft of, of sort of junior staff and, and let them loose on your projects. Um, we actually run those, which means it does constrain our growth, but we find that our clients keep coming back and that repeat work is, is invaluable to us. And, and that's why we've consciously stayed the size that we are to continue to offer a really good service because you're only ever as good as your last as your last project, and we don't want to lose lose our clients. We are quite selective in terms of taking new clients on because our existing clients take very very good care of us. So we're very grateful for that. But we do think it uh, it is in large part to the hands on approach that we have. No, brilliant, John. I think I think that's a key thing is to you don't spread your wings too wide, and you don't have too many balls up in the air. You need to actually focus on 
on where the key things is. So let's, let's get a little bit more in depth as to what you guys do. So project management is probably one of the biggest misunderstood um, things in the construction industry. Everyone believes it's not needed. It's just a bunch of guys that take minutes, which we know is not true. But there's, there's obviously, there's very distinct different roles within project management itself. There's project management, there's construction management, there's contracts management and there's development management. And all of those are completely different trades, but a lot of people try and lump them together and say that is the scope. So, so maybe let's just talk, start with one and say project management. What, what does that actually entail? I mean, project management is probably one of the only professions in the construction industry that you can't attend a university to get a degree in. And that's because it's probably just too just too vast. And that's why, you know, project managers really learn through through experience. I mean, you do have to have a built environment qualification in order to be a project manager because you have to understand the technical detail around how a project is constructed, whether it be a, a civil engineering project, a marine project, a building project. You, you have to be able to understand how that project is put together. You have to have a, a fairly good understanding of what project costs are. You have to understand the time involved in developing designs for projects. You have to have an understanding of a large array of different contracts as well, because different clients use different contracts, different types of projects demand different contracts. So as a project manager, you really have to have a good knowledge of the FIDIC, the NEC, the JBCC, the GCC, in order to work effectively. And that, that just comes with, with time and, and experience, Skull. So, you know, yes, project management does encompass a hell of a lot. But in a nutshell, what clients are entrusting with us is, you know, the, the budget for their project, the performance of their professional team, the performance of their contractors, and, and the timely delivery of their, of their project. And that's a, that's a significant trust to put in, you know, someone who's not in your client organization, a consultant that, you, that you're appointing. And that's why as, as M3, we only use very experienced people to, to manage projects. Yeah, I think from a client point of view, the key reason we use project managers is exactly the opposite of what you just said, is to de-risk it from our side. Because we can, it's, it's super important for us to have a knowledgeable person on the ground running the show for us so that we can focus on key things that is important to us. So it doesn't it doesn't help we we try and do it ourselves as most clients would attempt to do try and project manage the team get involved in the detail the project manages that that key link between the client and the rest and the rest is a is a vast exactly what you said it's a vast amount of people so, so I think if you take that link out a lot of people come short and they don't even know they're coming short because there's just too many things to manage that too many unknowns that they don't even don't know about yeah no you're right I mean there are there are a lot of things to manage and a very important Part of our role is is to be impartial, which you know some clients find that difficult to accept because they they're paying our fees. They they sort of expect us to fight their corner all the time. And what we've learned, you know, through years of experience of, of working with with various different clients and, and consultants and contractors, is as, as a project manager, if you're not impartial, your reputation suffers very quickly. Um, so, you know, obviously for a client to be managing a project themselves, they they're not impartial that often leads to leads to sort of disputes that can't necessarily be resolved because there's two sides to to every story everybody makes mistakes contractors make mistakes um, designers make mistakes clients make mistakes and it's our role to to sort of walk that, that middle line and and do what's best for the project and then jumping on to construction management how would you define that different from project management i mean these are all aspects of, of project management 
But construction management, really in a nutshell, is the coordination and management of construction packages on a construction site. So it, it, it's moving down into a level of detail sort of over and above what, what typical project managers would do. So your construction manager is, is coordinating the site activities, you know, the excavations, making sure that the pipe work is procured, make sure that the correct testing is done, you know, supervising the laying, the, the laying of the pipe work, coordinating the construction of manholes. Uh, that's a very simple sort of civils example, but that's the level of detail that, that sort of construction managers are in. So, you know, construction management is something that we do do. You know, clients often won't have time to, to appoint a main contractor. And then, you know, we'll be involved in, in that sort of coordination of the various, what would traditionally be subcontractors. But yeah, construction management really is, is a coordination and management of site activities as opposed to overall project activities. Yeah, and construction management is something you can study at Varsity, but it, yes. it's almost that in, in the South African frame of, my, frame of reference, you... A construction manager works for the main contractor 90, 90% of the time. Um, and there's project managers get involved and manage it themselves, which we've done on some projects which work tremendously yeah. well, especially where there's very little wet trades involved, mm. where it's managing the day to day activities of all the subcontractors and managing um, the yeah. payments and all, and all the rest that goes with it. One step further to that is contracts management. How would you go about? Contracts management. Yes, yeah, so I mean, contracts management is um, is a role that is invaluable and and essential on any large scale project. And this really is the management of the contract between between the client and between the contractor. You know, the let's let's use the NEC three contract for an example, which is a really good. It's a really good contract because it drives very good behaviors from all the parties that are party to that to that contract. But it, it is very heavily very heavy from an administration perspective. So if you have a large project and you're procuring it under the NEC three, you you would need to have someone who is managing that contract because there's there's a lot of time bars on both sides, on the contractor and on and on the client. And you've got to manage that process quite tightly. You've got to make sure that, you know, instructions are correctly drafted, they're cross referencing the correct clauses in the contract, just to avoid any any confusion down the line, you know, projects always start well, but they they all have bumpy patches, and you know, you just got to make sure that that contract's being managed properly from both sides, and making sure that you're keeping all the correct registers, making sure that um, those all tie back to the cost report. The, the contracts manager is a is a critical person on any on any large scale project, and yeah, typically you'll have you'll have one with the contractor, and you'll have one within the professional team. Yeah, I think on some of the largest scale projects we've worked on together, it's it's a full time job that no one actually realizes. Yeah. It's it's not. It's a separate role, separate. It really is a full time job. Just issuing instructions, issuing compensation events, updating the risk register, meeting, updating the program. And if you get that wrong, the and the other team has got to draw it, or the contractor's team has got to draw it, it. It becomes one hell of a thing to unravel. Yes, yeah, it becomes a hell of a thing to unravel. So. Yeah, and particularly on those large-scale civils projects, yeah, that contracts manager is is a key part of the is a key part of the team. The technical team can draft can draft the instructions, um, but the contracts manager needs to put them into the correct format, cross-reference them to the correct clauses, so that the contractor knows where it's coming from as well. That's the other thing. You don't want instructions to be ambiguous, so it's critically important that the that the contractor understands the context of each instruction, and and that is the the sort of contractual clause that it's referred to. Then that's your contract manager's job. Okay, maybe then the last one is development management, which kind of encompasses some of it, but also is a very misunderstood role. Yeah. 
So, you know I mean, that's something that you guys do particularly well. But development management is really managing all of the activities leading up to a project forming. So, you know, securing parcels of land, securing the development rights for that parcel of land, going through your SDP and SPUMA processes, going through your environmental authorization processes, dealing with servitudes that are on that on that property. You know, that's a lot of there's a lot of work that happens in the background that the development manager undertakes that I don't think people actually appreciate or, or realize. You know, everyone thinks projects just magically appear. They don't. There's a lot of work that the development manager does in the background before we even start formulating a project brief. Yeah, I think maybe to add on to that, the development manager almost acts as the client. So a lot of where, where, where that come, becomes relevant is when investors got money, but he knows he doesn't quite know how to execute projects. He appoints a development manager to run the entire project as if he is the client and it's a massive responsibility and um, there's a lot that can go wrong because you're basically um, asking someone to, to manage your money for you yes. so you need to have serious trust in the in whoever your development manager is to ensure the whole project and the development manager feeds into a project manager which is sometimes another misunderstood part is where the guys think that the development manager is the project manager two completely different roles is two completely subsets within within the industry um, and, and you don't actually want to link the two because then you're definitely not going to be impartial, exactly like you were saying earlier. Um, if you are the person in control of everything and the contractors, you're never going to act fairly um, yeah. on both parties. So you need you need checks and balances in place. You need a project manager to keep you in check both ways Yes. Um, to guide the process. And you're just not going to have enough time to do a development and project management. It's a very good point that you make. I mean, the, the, the sort of scope of reference that the various members of this management team we're talking about have is very different you know your development manager is the one person that has the overall view of the whole project which includes funding arrangements land requirements legal requirements sales leases you know that whole well i mean the overall it's it's the overall project you know whereas your project manager has a slightly narrower field of reference not necessarily involved in a lot of the tenant issues or sales issues or funding issues but focus on the project and then you know further down you've got the construction manager who's really focused on just what's happening on the site so yeah there's a number of different layers to it i suppose um, as you drill down into more into more detail and i mean all of those roles carry very different responsibilities but certainly equal amounts of pressure with probably the development manager having the most to lose at the end of the day yeah, and, and we know from our development experience that the first thing when a client starts a project, tends it out over budget, the first thing he starts looking at is how to cut down professional fees, how to eliminate people from the team or whatever it is. And and that's and this this is where the guys really come short, is where they say, Well, let's let's get rid of these guys or reduce their time on the project and that's eventually gonna cost you so much more money. And and, and people never know, never realize that. and it's impossible to quantify as well. So you can never go and tell the client, I'm going to save you money. You need to trust me. It's, it's, it's just not a thing. Um, so, so that's the hardest part of, 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 of our industry. Yeah, it is. And it's a, it's a, it's a constant, we, we constantly wonder why clients do that. You know, there's, there's a professional team that costs you probably 15% of the overall budget, but they are the ones that help you deliver that building within that budget. You know, if you start limiting their ability to work effectively, um, ultimately you're putting... 85% of the project budget at risk. And you're also asking them to to sign off on your building. I mean, engineers and architects carry massive legal liability. They carry a lot of responsibility. They hold people's lives in their hands as they move into these buildings and, and work in them. So you can't underestimate their value. 
100% yeah and, and if you undercut the team you just you are going to fight a losing battle in terms of you're not going to get the quality out of the guys um, and the guys won't be able to give you the service they need the PRs are going to be on the line so it, it's a lose-lose for everybody and and yeah the, the guys are not incentivized so everything about construction is how you incentivize the team and how to do it efficiently and, and if you do that and the guys are all firing in the same direction then, then you are in a very good place maybe jumping back to M3 so we've worked with you guys a lot we know that you guys are very well experienced you know exactly what you're doing how do you approach these mega projects that you guys are currently on you're on Salter, you're on club med it's it's moving parts everyone it's it's yeah Skulk, i mean we, we we are very fortunate that you know we've got really good clients that that take good care of us and also that have strong pipelines of work so if we just look back at at working on Salter with with you guys you know at the start of any project you've got to spend time planning it you've got to spend time setting it up setting it up correctly. I mean, you'll recall that we spent a lot of time sort of working out when the civils contractor would have to have various elements of the site ready for, you know, top structures, construct contractors to start. That takes a lot of time. It takes commitment from the professional team to to get the designs done to meet that sequence. But when you get it right, it, it works, you know, and I think we've had some good success there. So so planning is everything. And if we look at the Club Med development, which we now have, have the green light on and the, and the team is full steam ahead, you know, at the moment we really are in a big planning process again, you know. How are we actually going to execute this project? Are we going to go to a single contractor to build the whole thing? Does the world have the capacity for that? Are we going to split it down into a number of different packages, which obviously introduces complexity, but provides a lot more flexibility, you know, but it's all, it's all about planning, Skulk, and any of those mega projects, it's, it's all about planning. The work that you do in the first six months dictates how the project's going to run over the following sort of three to four years. Yeah, and I think what we also learned is to try and be on the forefront of technology in terms of using the latest and greatest. It's, it's always difficult because you need, there's always a learning curve when it comes to new technologies where everyone isn't fully on board or it doesn't quite work. But I think the tried and tested ways can only get you so far. And then every now and then you have to step outside of that and try new technologies. There's a lot of AI coming into it now. The new modeling software, drones, everything else that we've been using on our various projects. And some of the surveying guys, the guys are using is, is remarkable technology. Some some of them are just nice to have, where the guys are just showing nice things. But the, there's a couple that are, that are remarkable. I think a lot of the clients never know about those until you get a team on board that actually knows how to use them and has used them before. Like to try something new on every project is very, very difficult. No, it is. But I think sometimes you just you just see a, a product and you think, mm, that that works. I mean, on, on Salter, we used that um, that SkySight that Dune Africa had sort of pioneered where, you know, on the evaluation date every month, they took an aerial photo and a LIDAR survey. And over two years, I think that that's paid for itself time, time and time again. I mean, we use it as a planning tool. We use it as a, as a, you know, assessing payments. We use it to adjudicate disputes with the contractors. It's been brilliant. And I think from a document management point of view, BIM 360 has been revolutionary as well. You know, it's something that we took a, we took a leap of faith on at the beginning of Salter. And I, I don't think, I don't think we'll do projects the old way again. It's just, it's just too efficient and too effective. Yeah. And again, we learned our lessons, but now going forward that'll get implemented on all our projects. I think that's it from our side, unless you've got any closing remarks. No, Scott, just again, thanks for the opportunity to come in and, and speak to you today. Always enjoy our conversations. And yeah, looking forward to continuing to work with you guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bruce.